the free for all roundtable. Round two. On round two today, Max Valaket is here, advertising and marketing guy. Um, let's see, uh, Bob Reed, principal at BroadwayStrategy.com, the guy behind the very popular feature, Touchdowns and Fumbles. And Lindsay Broadhead is here, strategic communications and public affairs advisor. Good morning to you all. And let's start with something that I think could end up dominating the mayoral election, and that's the future of the gardener. Uh, John Tory was quite strident about this while he was in power, but now that he's off... Uh, uh, the runway. A lot of people are talking about this Gardner uh, rebuild all over again. It's going to cost a billion, which means probably two billion. And community activists are arguing we should just leave the thing where it is, or even demolish it altogether. Uh, Bob Reed, your thoughts? Well, here we go again. Yes. Uh, there's there's a reason why nothing ever gets done in this city because we study things, we have the hearings, we have the council debate, we do the environmental assessments, we do the engineering studies. We make a decision, and then at some point later, somebody comes along and says, you know what, we should take a second look at that, and away we go again. It's Groundhog Day. Uh, I did hear your interview with the, the fellow who's leading this charge, and I thought he uh, articulated himself very well. I don't agree with him whatsoever, mm -hmm. but he, he makes a compelling uh, case to say, what are we afraid of? Why don't we just look at the numbers and see if it still makes sense? The value of the property that this is designed to unlock uh, has changed. All valid points, but really it is a political football that's being lined up in advance of the upcoming mayoral campaign. And to me, it's it's just a giant step backwards. This this is a very big, very important project that has already been decided on. And frankly, it's key to unlocking the eastern waterfront, because what it's going to do is push the existing Gardner line back up against the railway corridor. And so all of that land from the railway tracks up to uh, the water's edge, which right now has the Gardner right over top of it, is to be freed up. It was a plan that made sense. It's been discussed. It's been debated. We made the decision. Leave it alone. Move on. Lindsay Broadhead, I think it's uh, it's a clever strategy, to say the least, uh, that they're taking these activists, because what they're saying is everybody knows the price tag has gone up. Please show us your numbers. And of course, nobody at the city wants to do that because it's going to be a bigger bill. We, but we've shown them the numbers. This is the thing. I think Bob hit the nail on the head, right? Like this work has been done. Uh, the project started. Um, and also it's not just about land values or the cost of building. It's other costs that are embedded. We need an east-west transit route through the city and over the city. It's uh, arguments like this. I don't know if you guys feel this way, but it feels like a constant litigation between um car drivers, you know, the pro-auto versus pro-transit. It That's not what this should be about. There are many other things that travel on highways, like all of our goods, uh, our, our food. Uh, we need roadways that connect um, our, our city. You know, if I had the magic powers to redesign the city uh, from what our forefathers and mothers designed, I'd, I'd love that task, but we have what we have. Um, and that route across is good. Should there be transparency, though, uh, John, about um, uh, what the costs are, unlike a lot of the other projects we're seeing right now? 100%. I agree with them on, on that front. But let's not stall this anymore. Okay, Max Velikhead, I'm, I'm on the same page as Bob Reed when it comes to planning and uh, conceiving of things. I call Toronto the city of the eternal plan. Yeah, and 
it feels like no pun intended we're spinning our wheels actually pun intended we're spinning our wheels on all of this and there there have been decisions that have made and it's important to move forward i'm i'm very much in the camp of we should have just torn down the entire thing but i'm also a person who realizes that sometimes decisions get made that you don't agree with in a democracy such as ours and it is important to move forward the most frustrating thing about the way our council operates, our city operates, I think, to most Torontonians is this feeling of perpetual stasis and talking about things and not getting things done. So we've got to get things done. Amen, Max. You're okay. absolutely right. No, and you're absolutely right, because unfortunately, the timeline for major projects stretches beyond the electoral cycle. So we end up with new people and new ideas, and then we flip, and then we don't do anything. I mean, I, you know, the Eglinton, not the Eglinton Crosstown, uh, Transit City, which never got built, would have been open in 2018, if you can believe it. Okay, speaking of the TTC, they've launched an app for safety. Uh, Lindsay brought I think it's a good idea, although it's worth noting, and I know Anna Bailao has made this an issue, we don't have cell phone service inside uh, the tunnels, so this app is kind of inconsequential a good deal of the time. Yeah, and I think everyone would probably agree that when you're on the TTC and something's happening, you're not going to start texting, right? So this isn't a heightened moment tool, um, but maybe if there's something to report or you have observed something that's of note, you know, it's and you can do it when you're above ground, um, you know, it's another tool in the toolkit, um, and that's always a good thing. But I, you know, it, I don't think this is going to solve for those, uh, you know, in the heated moment or when you're feeling scared um, moments, and it, it shouldn't be sold as that. Max Valaket, I think anything that even increases the impression of safety is a good idea right now on the TTC. 100%. And this doesn't have to be the be all end all, right? It will be part of many different measures that can be taken forward. But John, I think you hit the proverbial nail on the proverbial head when you said we don't actually have cell service down there to begin with. So this has to be part of a larger plan that reflects how people like to use transit, how people like to commute, and what is important to them. And so it's really simple. A really great transit experience in 2023 and beyond is one that allows you to access your world through your cell phone while you are on said transit, no matter where it is. It's possible. The technology exists. Yep. That's actually what we have to do. Okay. Although, Bob Reed, what I really don't want to do is listen to people on their phones while I'm traveling in the Young University line. No, it's 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 the only uh, upside of not having active cell service down yeah. there, aside from Freedom Mobile. Uh, but uh, Max is entirely right. The issue is why we don't have uh, wide open connectivity underground. You go to Vancouver, you ride their SkyTrain system underground, and you've got full connectivity to all of the of of the major providers. So this uh, th this this new app that the TTC is putting forward. I mean, it's a, it's a great idea. Sure, it's another tool. But I'm with Lindsay. It's not a functional tool. In the moment, if something suddenly is going on and you need to call for help, you want to be able to pull out your phone and call 911 or, uh, I'm making this up, Star, T Star TTC, something quick, easy, simple that connects you with the people through the device that you've got in your hand. You're not going to go, oh, where's my app or what's that text address or any of that stuff. It's not going to work. So there's got to be some way that they could at least give us, as I say, 911 one or some other emergency number access on the existing uh, underground cell infrastructure that's already in place. 
Okay, so uh, who would have thought that we would have to amend our wills to figure out how to leave our cell phones to people, or at the very least, give our passwords to others? Uh, Max Veliket, it's a very modern problem, but apparently in funeral homes, it's a matter of routine now where the family will come in and say, I need a fingerprint or I need facial recognition because I got to get into this phone. So it's part of a much larger thing, which is the way that those of us in the so-called sandwich generation are now having to deal with end of life for our parents. And some of us, as we get older, need to start thinking about it for ourselves. And the way that, and I hate to use the term disruption, but that whole industry hasn't been disrupted in, in, in a long time. It's interesting that when something like this happens, we go and talk to people at funeral homes about it. And funeral homes have been around for a long time, but they're just sort of a part of this. So my mother-in-law passed away a few months ago, and the whole experience was so moving for my partner in particular in how it happened and how different her approach to end of life was versus where she thought it would be, that she's actually started a business about this to provide people resources for a more modern approach to this. This is just one element of how everything has changed. It's not just your phone. It's passwords to all of your accounts. It's mm. Uh, it's uh, uh, the rest of your digital footprint and how you manage that. It's al it's also the way that we even communicate with each other in um, uh, in virtual funerals and everything else. So you know, I'm giving her a quick plug here for PapillonPassing.com, which she's just started. But this is part of a much larger renewed and changed approach that we have to have to end of life where technology is just a part of it. And what I will say is it starts with having the conversations with the people in your life who may be approaching the end so that you know everything in advance. Yeah. I mean, Lindsay Broadhead, I think part of the problem here, I mean, there are people who pass away unexpectedly and leave behind uh, chaos, but they weren't intending on dying. Uh, but a lot of people just don't want to talk about these things. They don't want to make the arrangements. They don't want to think about it. And in the digital age, that's complicated. Yeah. I mean, Max, uh, Max said it well, where we have to talk more and that's true across the board. It, when I created my will, when my kids were born, I never thought of my uh, digital passwords as assets um, that I had to consider, but I suppose that's what they are. Um, it has to do with privacy. It has to do with, I guess, legacy, depending on photos that we do or don't want to leave behind. Um, so the generation right now will have less of a history um, with photos and, and videos and such, but certainly for younger generations, that's going to be their entire life's narrative. Um, it, it's a completely different framework, and we've got to think ahead. Bob Reed? Uh, this is the way we live now, and there's a really simple solution, but it requires some effort on people's parts, and it also requires contemplating your own demise. Yeah. But I, I had a friend reach out to me who was undergoing major surgery, and she entrusted me with all of her passwords for her social media accounts and everything else, and detailed instructions. If this thing goes sideways, here's what I need you to take down, shut down, everything else. And... All, all any of us need to do, open a Word document and just fill out all your passwords, all your access codes, and then save it on your computer that your your next of kin can have access to, or email it to, to someone trusted and, and say, hang on to this for me, just in case. See, Bob, my, my best friend has very clear instructions for me that if something happens, he needs to delete my search history immediately. Yes. <laughs> That's what happens. Just get in there and delete all of that right away. Get rid of the porn. Absolutely. Um, okay, so a man is suing Buffalo Wild Wings, claiming that its boneless wings are actually chicken nuggets. Um, 
Was that you, Bob? Uh, yes. Um, this oh, reminds me of the, a line I like from uh, All About Eve, which is, you've got a point, but it's a stupid one. <laughs> uh, the Bob, your impressions of this? I don't know if it necessarily qualifies for touchdowns and fumbles. Oh, I am so glad to see this because it's going to pave the way for my class action suit against the purveyors of sweetbreads because they're neither <laughs> sweet and they sure ain't bread. <laughs> okay, we'll call it there. Thank you all. Okay. Lindsay Broadhead, Max Valliquette, and Bob Reed on a, uh, a very animated round two today. Okay, that's it for me, but that's okay. Jerry Agar is about to storm in, and uh, I'm going to have to sprint to the car so I can hear him at 9.05. Catch the round table, round one at 745, round two at 845. Weekday mornings on more in the morning. News Talk 1010 Toronto.